Hey, welcome to the broadcast this morning, uh, the podcast, should I say. And I'm so glad you're joining with us today. You know, I got so excited last month about those 30 steps to success in life and putting them in process that I wanted to make sure that I continued giving you some steps in life, just some things to consider, because if you will keep considering and keep checking and challenging and changing yourself, then uh, listen, you, you can continue growing in the things of the Lord. God desires for you to be a success. I am absolutely convinced that God has a plan for your life, and he will succeed if he can just get you to participate. So participate again this morning by opening up your heart and getting ready to add one more thought, one more character quality, one more concept, one more truth to your life uh, to go with those 30 steps to success in life. As I said during the 30 steps to tell you to make sure now that those steps are not designed to make you a success in 30 days, but rather they are designed that if you will apply them to your life, each one of them, we talked about dreaming, we talked about meditating, we talked about you know how we present ourselves. We talked about participating, even in times whenever we didn't uh, want to do what we were doing, or or perhaps even like Joseph, you know he was he was made a slave. It wasn't his pick or his choice job, but nonetheless he participated and he presented himself as one that was promotable. And God could use those things. You know, God just needs us to participate in our miracles. He has a miracle for each one of us. Well, today we're going to be talking about a concept, a thought, uh, straight out of the Word of God again. You know, I. I I don't have any uh, truth to tell you, but those that are based in the solid word of Almighty God. And today's truth is going to come from the book of Mark, Mark chapter 1. In fact, the last two verses of Mark chapter 1. Let me set us up right here so that you can uh, grasp what's going on. Jesus has just begun his ministry, the gospel of Mark tells us, and here at a very critical time in, in the beginning of Jesus' ministry, a leper came to Jesus and said, you know, if you were willing, you could make me whole. You could heal me if you you wanted to. That's basically what he said. Could you imagine uh, somebody coming up to you and saying, you know, I have an electricity bill that is overdue, uh, or my, my children need food, and, and, and they're not getting to eat, and you have enough money that if you wanted to, you could help me. Well, that could be a little offensive, couldn't it? That could put you on the spot. That could even be a little accusatory, perhaps, saying, you know, if you wanted to, you could help me. You know, I mean, it's, it's almost like saying, you know, uh, 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 you are responsible for my predicament, or at least you're responsible for the predicament in my life if it continues news on a sad note, but this leper came up and, and presenting himself as a leper to Jesus said, you know, if you would, you could heal me. Well, that's pretty good. He believed that God could. He believed, uh, uh, you know, he believed that Jesus, the son of God, Messiah, he believed this man that had been demonstrating his healing powers could also heal him. That's good that he had faith. That's good that he believed. That's good that he, that, that, that he thought that he could, but the approach could have used just a little bit sweetening up, I think. And sometimes I think also our approach to God could also use just a little bit of polishing. You know, sometimes whenever we have an electricity bill due, or sometimes perhaps whenever there's something in our life that needs attention, if we are not watchful, we will go to prayer. And when we go to prayer, we may not realize it, but we are entering into the throne room of God. The Bible says that we are accepted in the beloved, and that when we pray, the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. That means that God is being attentive to you. God is paying attention to your prayer. You say, how in the world could God pay attention to my prayer? How in the world? I mean, there's so many people praying at the same time. Yes, there are. But have you ever thought about the realm or the possibilities of God being able to stop time? Do you know what stopping time would do? Do you know uh, God does not live in a, in, in a world or in a realm 
that is bound by time. Could you imagine pushing pause on time? If you could do that, you know, the, the only thing we can access is forward time. God has given us the ability to access forward time. One second, one minute at a time, we're stepping forward in time. But you know, the Bible tells us that God turned back time one time and that God can even put time on hold. And the Bible tells us that, that in our future, the, the, the Bible says, and time will be no more. Isn't it amazing? You know, there's forward time, there's backward time, and there's lateral time. There is time that just is literally put on pause. God has the ability to do that. Do you know what lateral time would mean? Do you know what it would mean in God's realm to be able to put things on pause? It means this, that you could go fishing for a million years and still be home in time for supper. You see, God uh, has the ability to live outside of the realm of our limitations and the realm of our time. And that's how God can listen to every prayer of every person, every time that we pray. His eyes are over the righteous. He is attentive to our prayers. He knows the number of the hairs on our head. He calls us by name. He is easily touched with the feelings of our infirmities. God is an ever-present help in the time of trouble for every person that is in trouble. For anyone who calls on his name, he responds. That's that's the marvelous uh, realm that God lives in. It's something that we really don't understand, but we know. You know, I don't understand how we are born again, how that, that, that one day we were not born again, and then we prayed, believed in Jesus, and prayed and asked God uh, to send Jesus into our heart and our life to be our Lord and our Savior. And all of a sudden, as Nicodemus said, well, what, uh, what does this take? Do I enter into my mother's womb a second time? Well, no, you don't enter into your mother's womb a second time. There is a miracle that takes place, and we are born again. Miraculously, it happens without our observation. It just happens. It just happens instantaneously. I don't know how God does it, but I know that he does it. Well, I don't know how he can listen to all of our prayers all the time, you know, uh, but, but I know that he is not uh, limited by time. I don't know how he's unlimited by time, but I know that he is unlimited by time or by space or by any other of the things that limit us. God is unlimited. And when we pray, God hears us and God will answer our prayers. And sometimes when we have a problem, when we have a difficulty, when we're going through something that we need help with, if we are not watchful, we will barge in to the throne room of God like some, you know, a, a stormtrooper, just kick the doors open. And li listen, have you thought about what's going on in the throne room right now? You know, there are angels. The Bible tells us there are cherubims and seraphims, those six-winged creatures that are that, 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 that are flying around the throne of God and, 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 and the 24 elders sitting around the throne, and they're all worshiping God and, and Jesus, and they're saying about this lamb that was slain, worthy is he to receive glory and honor and power, and they're praising God. And, I mean, they're, they're, they're just, you know, uh, there's they're, they're just such worship and praise going on in heaven. And, 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 and listen, all the angels and the saints are adoring our Father God and Jesus. And all of a sudden, one of his kids kicks the throne room doors open with his prayers because we're accepted in the beloved. We can boldly approach the throne of grace, the Bible says. But the Bible didn't say uh, approach the throne of grace like a brat. It just said boldly. That means that we have a right of entrance into the throne room of God. And we can bring our prayers before him. And when we pray, 
pray, we don't need to just kick the doors open and, and, and start screaming our need. God, I need a new car. God, Lord, I need help with this person. God, if you don't do this, we don't just kick the doors open. The Bible says we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and we enter into his courts with praise and we come before him with worship and with singing and with adoration. That's what we do. That's how we come before God, that we make our request known, the Bible says, with thanksgiving. That means there is a proper approach. And this man in, in the book of Mark probably didn't uh, didn't make that proper approach to Jesus. I mean, you know, uh, uh, he, he just, he, 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 he did come, the Bible says, and he, and, 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 and he, and he bowed down, but, but yet, he, he verbally said something. His prayer, his petition to Jesus uh, could have been rather, uh, uh, you know, j- just could have been offensive. I mean, you know, if you could, Jesus, you could make me well. I'm certain he didn't mean anything by it, but that's often how people approach uh, Jesus. You know, uh, how, how they approach God in prayer in the throne room is they, they just come in and, and, and maybe they did bow. Maybe they got on their knees. Maybe they bowed their head. Maybe they closed their eyes. But immediately, they uh, without any thanksgiving, Without any worship, without any recognition, uh, you know, without any uh, grace, you know, they just begin, you know, uh, crying out about their problem and and how God, if He would, He could help and and uh, you know, let me encourage you, polish up your approach just a little bit and remember that when you come before God with your prayers, He is attentive. He's a good Father and just like Jesus, Jesus listened to this man's request and not only did He listen to this man's request, He actually uh, fulfilled His request. He said yes. The man said, "If you are willing." you could make me whole. And Jesus said, well, I am willing, you know, I am willing. Be cleansed, be healed, be whole. And the Bible says that this leper was healed. Well, that was not the whole of the story, and nor it is the whole of the concept. You know, one thing I want you to remember this morning is is we need to polish up our prayer uh, uh, approach to God with just some thanksgiving, maybe some worship, some praise, and realize you're entering into a holy moment. You're you're standing on holy ground whenever you ask for God's attention, whenever you uh, request His presence or you request His His uh, involvement and participation. You're standing on holy ground, and and He welcomes you and he's going to be good to you just like Jesus was good to the leper. You know, he's not going to, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, get on to you or tell you, you know, go back out and come back in. That's not the point. But the point is, is that we, it's incumbent upon us to realize we are approaching a holy God in a holy moment. He's being worshiped and adored. And we just need to perhaps sometimes polish up our approach because uh, God responds differently to the humble than he does to the proud. And we wouldn't want to to be mistaken for someone that was prideful or arrogant or demanding, but rather that we're approaching a holy God on holy ground with a humble request, realizing just as Jesus approached God, his Father, in prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane in the most difficult hour of his life on planet Earth, he nonetheless approached him by saying, not my will, Father, but yours be done, humbly with his petition, with his request, and with God. God's, uh, uh, w- 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 with him just verbalizing this humility by, by verbalizing his submission to the will of God in that situation. Well, uh, here 
when this leper in Mark, the first chapter, uh, at the end of the first chapter, uh, he is healed, the, the Bible says in verse 43 of chapter 1 that Jesus straightly charged him. Strictly is what the New King James Version says. Uh, it, it means that Jesus, uh, you know, uh, the, the picture that I get is that Jesus, you know, got right up in his face and got his attention and said, listen to me. Listen, I'm going to strictly command you. I strictly charge you. I am telling you, listen, this is, you know, you do this and don't you do anything else. And basically uh, what Jesus was saying to him, we find in verse 44, Jesus strictly charged him, see that you say nothing to any man about being healed. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't, uh, you know, but rather you go your way, you show yourself to the priests and, and offer things uh, which, which Moses commanded for a testimony to them. Okay. Now Jesus is giving this man instructions and this man owes Jesus. He, I mean, he's a, he's a leper. He owes Jesus. Jesus has healed him. He owes him respect. He owes him thanksgiving. He owes him worship, adoration, and he owes him on top of all of that obedience. But even though Jesus strictly and straightly and strongly charged him not to tell anyone, nonetheless, verse 45 says that this leper, he went out and began to publish it much and to blaze abroad the matter. That's what the King James says. He went out, the Bible says, and told everyone. Immediately, he went out and began to publish it to everyone. In in fact, uh, you know, uh, he did exactly exactly opposite what Jesus said to. Jesus said, don't go tell anyone. He went out and told everyone. Jesus said, you know, go to the priest. He didn't. He he went out and stopped and started in the public. Just go ahead and minister him. Now, uh, you know, I don't think that this leper had any ill intent. You know, uh, why didn't, didn't he obey Jesus? Well, why didn't he obey what he was told to do? Why didn't he pay proper respect to the one that had just healed him and changed his life? Well, you know, th- there are perhaps many reasons why he did not obey Jesus. And, and like there perhaps are many reasons reasons why we may not obey the Word of God or why we may not obey those in authority who are over us. You know, uh, some of the reasons perhaps is, you know, maybe this man didn't hear Jesus. I mean, literally, he 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 could have just not heard what Jesus said. Uh, maybe he was so excited about being healing. You know, I'm just thinking, uh, imagining uh, myself in that particular situation. Maybe this leper was so excited about being healing that he just blanked out for a little moment, blacked out. Maybe he just lost consciousness and lost uh, connection and, and, and just didn't hear what Jesus was saying for a little while. You know, that happens sometimes whenever something marvelous, miraculous happens to you, something great or exciting happens to you, you know, uh, something tragic happens to you. Sometimes you can just have a little mental glitch, you know, and, and that could have happened. Maybe he didn't hear Jesus. Have you ever said something to someone a second or a third or a fourth time or went to correct someone or tell somebody something that you told them about? And they said, what? Oh, oh no, I, I didn't hear you. Or they said, I wasn't listening. You know, there are a lot of reasons why people don't listen. Sometimes people don't listen because, you know, uh, sometimes the person that's talking has just over-talked their ability to listen. You know, uh, some people have just a short listening span. Uh, uh, you know, Jesus was able to talk for a long time. Uh, not that that's any fault of Jesus, but sometimes, you know, people stop listening. It's just like Paul preaching uh, uh, in, in the city of, of Troas uh, in, 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 in the book of Acts. Paul preached so long that people went to sleep. And one of the guys that went to sleep fell out 
Pilate went and killed him. Uh, why? Because he, he, he just literally uh, got sleepy, got bored. I mean, Paul just preached all night long. Well, Jesus had, had a capacity to talk a lot as well. You know, uh, the Sermon on the Mount is, is, is three chapters long, chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7. Sometimes people won't even read that much. I know I can't get in the pulpit and read that much without people, you know, uh, kind of uh, drifting off and maybe doing something else in their brain and maybe missing something I said. Maybe the man missed something that, that, that Jesus said. Uh, m- maybe... Um, Maybe, well, you know, uh, maybe uh, he just stopped listening along the way. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what this man, what made this man who had just been healed disobey Jesus. Perhaps uh, he didn't uh, think that Jesus really meant it, or maybe he didn't, uh, uh, maybe uh, because Jesus didn't explain the potential problems he could cause, maybe the man just imagined that, 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 uh, that he had a better idea. You know, sometimes people don't obey the Word of God or don't obey those in authority, don't obey their bosses or don't obey their parents because they think that the, the, the that their parents don't really know what they're talking about. Maybe I have a better idea. Maybe I have a better plan. You see, no doubt this man, uh, at least I can imagine that this man meant no ill harm to Jesus, but nonetheless, he caused harm. You know, maybe he thought he had a better idea. Maybe he couldn't understand why in the world Jesus would not want to be famous. Maybe he thought he was doing Jesus a favor. Maybe he thought Jesus was missing something or Jesus was just being humble or Jesus didn't understand all the facts. But at any rate, when Jesus strictly told him, do not tell anyone, but go straight to the temple. Instead, he went out, uh, go, go straight to the synagogue. Instead, he went out and he began to tell everyone. And the conclusion of chapter 1 in verse 45 says this, that he told so many people insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but had to stay outside in desert places, in deserted places, and people had to come to him from every place. Well, what happened? The man's disobedience hindered the ministry, hindered the plan, and no doubt hindered the productivity and the outcome of Jesus' ministry in that day. Because the man went out and disobeyed, he did something that he, he probably didn't realize was wrong, or he didn't know why it was wrong, so maybe he didn't agree with it, maybe he was just excited for whatever reason. I'm certain he didn't realize, but nonetheless, he hindered the future ministry of Jesus. Imagine how many people did not get healed that day, that week. Imagine how many people did not get their needs met or did not get to hear the word that they needed to hear that week, that day, that month, that year, because Jesus could no longer do what he had planned to do. He had planned to go into the cities and the villages, but then it was interrupted. And for a season, he was no longer freely able to move around and minister and do the things that he felt most called to do. What a sad report. You know, I'm certain Jesus was aware that this man was going to disobey him. You know, uh, God and Jesus being God knows the end from the beginning, but yet the overriding will of Jesus was still to heal the man, even though he most likely knew the man was going to cause him some trouble, that the man was going to hinder him somewhat in the future and make him have to change his plans. All that that teaches us is that there are some things that are just off of our radars. There are some things that we don't think about. There are some things we don't consider. There are some things we cannot imagine. You know, not 
any one of us is God and not any one of us knows everything. And we have to leave decisions up to the ones whom God has given that decision to so that we don't haphazardly or, or just um, negligently or even with, with some well-meaning motive causing trouble by disobeying the direction that was clearly given to us by our authority. Let me encourage you, just because it's not on your radar, just because you don't know why, doesn't mean that you don't need to obey. Obey the Word of God. What He said, He meant. And He meant it for reasons perhaps more than you can imagine, beyond perhaps your capacity to reason. Follow the Word of God. Obey the Word of God. Polish up your approach to Jesus in prayer. And just simply do what he says. God bless you. I love you. Hey, let's do our overcomer confession, okay? Are you ready? Let's do it together today. And uh, thanks so much for joining with us here on the podcast. And tell other people about it as well and uh, get them to join in. It's going to be a wonderful time uh, for this particular uh, month. We're going to be coming each Monday with a new uh, uh, podcast. And then we'll pick up uh, in November with a daily podcast as well. You ready? Let's do our Overcomer's Confession together. Ready? Through Jesus, my Lord, I am more than a conqueror. I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God. My spiritual eyes are being opened so that I can understand understand my calling, the wealth of my inheritance, and the kingdom power available to me. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. No unclean or impure thought can captivate my mind. No sickness or disease has a right to my body. No unholy spirit can seduce or deceive me. The Word of God is my meditation and my answer. I commit myself to God. He causes my thoughts to become agreeable with His thoughts. Because of this, everything I put my hand to will prosper. God has a plan for my life. He will succeed, and I am going to participate. God bless you. Be an overcomer.